You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you're challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the imitation of Christ. Now looking at peace of mind and solitude and silence. Now here's today's teaching. The Imitation of Christ, Devotional Lesson 22. Today's thoughts both come from Book 1 of The Imitation of Christ, uh, Helpful Counsels for the Spiritual Life. We'll be reading uh, Chapter 11, which is On Seeking Peace of Mind, something that's often in short supply in our modern, hectic world, and also from Chapter 20, On the Love of Solitude and Silence, which I think is part of the key to achieving peace of mind. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking part in this series. Um, as always, we will have uh, a number of scriptures um, are either quoted or alluded to. And today they come mainly from the Gospels and uh, you know, the more familiar parts of the Old Testament. Uh, in between the two readings, I've got a number of thought questions I would like to pose. So I'll read the chapter um, on peace of mind uh, and... And then I'll ask the uh, I'll ask the questions, uh, thought questions, and then we'll go through on the love of solitude and silence. And I hope this meets some needs in your life today. You know, some days are crazier than others. Some days occasionally are actually peaceful. And I've learned as a Christian to value that peace and that downtime more. Um, as a younger believer, a new Christian, I think I always felt a bit guilty. I remember a conversation I once had with my mother. She was a young Christian. And we were, uh, I was driving, uh, she was in the passenger seat and, and I stopped talking and she didn't say anything. And I was trying to tell her that we have to talk. We can't have silence because we have to use the time God has given us. You know, it's just wrong. I thought it was actually sinful to be with someone and, and not be talking, either trying to help them, you know, teach them or reach out to them. But actually there is a time for silence as Ecclesiastes says. Okay. So let's jump in right now, and I hope that this meets needs in your life, just as these uh, uh, meditations have met needs in my life. Uh, I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid, John 14, 27. Let's begin. The Disciple. We may enjoy abundant peace if we will quit anxiously listening to who said what, who did what, and other things that don't concern us. How can we live in peace if we are occupying ourselves with other people's affairs and, meanwhile, paying little or no attention to our inner lives? Blessed are those whose hearts have a single focus on Christ, for they will have abundant peace. How did saints become so perfect and contemplative of divine things? Because they earnestly sought to crucify themselves to all worldly desires. They were able to cling with their whole heart to God and so were free to have time to meditate on him. We are much too occupied with our own love and concern for temporary things. Also, we seldom overcome even a single sin and are not eager to grow in grace. So we remain half-hearted and unspiritual. If we would be watchful of ourselves, and if our spirit were not bound to outward things, then we might be wise about salvation and make progress in understanding divine truth. 
Our great and terrible failure is that we are not free from our earthly loves and desires. We do not strive for holy perfection. So when even a little trouble comes our way, we're too easily discouraged and rush to the world for comfort. If we would reject our own desires and stand firm in battle, then we would see the Lord helping us from heaven. For he himself is always ready to help those strive to be like him and trust in him. He even provides opportunities to struggle, so in the end we may win the victory. If we judge our spiritual progress by only outward observances and rituals, our devotion will soon come to an end. But we must take an axe to the very roots of our life and chop out all earthly entanglements so that we may possess peace in our souls. If each year we could take the axe to a fault, we would quickly grow into spiritual perfection. But to the contrary, we often feel that we were better and holier in our lifestyle years earlier in our Christian life. Enthusiasm and progress in our spiritual journey must increase day after day. Yet now it seems a great thing if we can retain some portion of our first love. If we put in a slight effort in the beginning, then as we grow, we should be able to do all things with ease and joy. It is a hard thing to break through a habit, and harder yet to overcome our own desires. But if you can't overcome slight and easy obstacles, how will you overcome greater ones? Let us resist our human will and unlearn evil habits at the beginning of our spiritual journey so that it doesn't lead us into worse difficulties. Oh, if we knew what peace a holy life would bring to us and what joy it would bring to others, we would be more eager for spiritual progress. Well, again, that's book one, chapter 11. Um, certainly very challenging. He's well aware of the distractions in the world. But remember, this is the 15th century. I read somewhere that an average person today looks at more print, more information than well, people at, at, in Kempis's time would have seen in an entire lifetime. Actually, that was um, originally speaking, as I recall, of the 17th century. And how much more would it be true comparing the 21st to the 14th? Uh, he, he's right on target, isn't he? And even he says that, how did he put that? Um, we often feel that we were better and holy in our lifestyle years earlier in our Christian life. If that's our case. If that's the case with us. We really need to, to take warning here. Uh, let me, uh, before we talk about solitude and silence, just some thought questions. Do I have peace of mind or is my head filled with chaos, erratic and untamed emotions or disorderly thoughts? Am I always, am I always listening to noise? I put noise in inverted commas. Noise that may distract us from thinking about the Lord. You know, you see some people who are constantly have earbuds in. They're always listening to music. They're always listening to a podcast, always listening to something. And we see that in the youngest generation. The truth is, I'm a bit like that myself. So maybe that affects you. Sometimes just having quiet, it's kind of like sleeping at night. It gives our brain a break. It helps us to have more perspective on all that information we're being bombarded with daily. Uh, third, is my mind filled with unimportant information? 
you know, bits of gossip and significant news and so forth. Because, you know, if it is, it's kind of hard to get the word in there. It's hard to, to learn the word, to commit it to memory, uh, to know what to say. Do I talk more than I listen? Well, it's easy for those of us who are introverts to ask that question. We, we feel virtuous. But, of course, the extrovert also uh, has a point, and we're, we're, we're meant to communicate. But if we talk too much, that's not good. Proverbs have a lot to say about that. How hard is it for me to fight for quiet time? And here I'm, I'm speaking not just of time in the word and prayer, but a time that actually is quiet, where we get away from the noise and, and all the people so that it's possible to draw near to God. And last, do I appreciate how Jesus strove to integrate such times into his own life? Now, if you're going to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and try to come up with a doctrine of uh, quiet times as lived in the life of Jesus, you may be frustrated because it doesn't look like there was one particular time of the day when he separated himself to draw close to God. Uh, It seems that he did it as needed at all different times of the day and the night. But what I want us to see is how he prioritized this. And uh, his example is something that we really need to uh, uh, emulate. Well, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Psalm 37, 7. Let's talk about that stillness, that love of solitude and silence, which is the other part of today's meditation. And again, this is the disciple uh, sharing his thoughts. Let us find a suitable time for our meditation and think frequently about the mercies of God to us. We must ignore questions that merely stimulate our curiosity. Study writings that cause you to sorrow for your sins rather than simply amuse you. If we withdraw from trivial conversations and idle goings-on, novel ideas and gossip, we will find sufficient time for helpful meditation. The greatest saints used to avoid the company of people and chose to live isolated lives with God. One saint said, as often as I've been among people, I have often returned less a person. (laughs) Uh, We often experience this when we have spent a long time in conversation. It's easier to remain silent than to say too much. It's easier to stay home alone than to sufficiently guard yourself when you are out in a crowd. If you wish to obtain what is hidden and spiritual, you must go to Jesus and not to people. We cannot go safely abroad if we do not love the solitude of home. We cannot safely talk unless we love to hold our peace. We cannot safely supervise unless we love to be subject to other people. We cannot safely make rules unless we love to obey, and we cannot safely rejoice unless we have a clear conscience within us. The boldness of the saints was always prompted by the fear of God. They were diligent and humble themselves yet demonstrated great virtues and grace. But the boldness of wicked people springs from pride and a high opinion of themselves, but in the end turns to their own confusion. Never promise yourself security in this life, even if you're a devout follower of Christ. Often those who receive the highest praise of people fall more seriously because of their great self-confidence. It is very beneficial if we face inward temptation and are frequently assaulted so that we will not become overly confident, lifted up by pride, or dependent on the comforts of this world. 
how clear a conscience we will have if we never seek temporary joy that passes away and never become entangled in the world. What a great peace and calm we will possess if we throw away useless things and think only of healthful and divine things. Let us build our hope solely upon God. We are not worthy of heavenly comforts unless we have diligently disciplined ourselves with holy restraint. If we feel any anxiety within our hearts, let us find a quiet place and shut out the emotion of the world. As it is written, think about it overnight and remain silent. In quiet evenings at home, we will often find what we have lost outside during the day. If we continue in this quiet time, we will find sweet rest, but if we don't, we'll become weary. We will keep our quiet time well. It will become a dear friend and a most pleasant retreat. In silence, the devout follower of Christ makes progress and learns the hidden things of the scriptures. There we will find a fountain of tears with which to wash and purify ourselves each night so we may grow closer to our maker and move farther away from all worldly distractions. If we withdraw ourselves from our friends and acquaintances, God will come close with his angels. It is better to be unknown and know ourselves than work miracles and not know our spiritual condition. If we are to receive praise from God, we must not go out into the world to simply see and be seen by others. Why would we want to see things to which God has said no? The world and its lusts pass away. Sensual desires draw us into the world, but in the end, what do we bring home but a weight on our conscience and distraction in our hearts? Often, a carefree journey brings a sorrowful return, and a fun evening makes a sad morning. All earthly joy begins pleasantly, but in the end, it steals and destroys. What can we see in the world that we cannot see at home? Look at the heavens, the earth, and the elements, for all of these things are material and temporary. What can we see anywhere that will last long under the sun? We may believe things of earth will satisfy, but we will never attain fulfillment in them. If we could see the whole world at once, what would we have but a futile vision? Let us lift up our eyes to God on high and pray that our sins of action and inaction may be forgiven. We must leave worthless things to vain people and keep our minds on the things God's commanded us. Let us shut the door behind us and call upon Jesus, our beloved. Remain with him in our room, for we will not find peace anywhere else. By not going out and listening to vain talk, we will keep ourselves in peace. But if we delight in hearing the latest news and gossip, we will not find peace for our hearts. There it is. And you see that connection, the connection between silence and that discipline of solitude and silence and peace of mind. And when we put the wrong things in our mind, we don't make room for God, um, room mentally, psychologically, even room, how would you say it, in our schedule, chronologically, then we, we really lose so much. I hope that's useful to you as it is to me. In our next lesson, uh, we'll be looking at what makes a peaceable person on a pure mind and simple int intentions and on the joy of a good conscience. Until then, may these thoughts guide you and protect you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on the imitation of Christ. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.